Hello everybody and welcome to the Technical Area, your weekly football manager podcast brought to you by me, your host Gaffer Graham once again. Episode 34, the second in our summer series where I'll try to be a little bit more succinct, give a little bit less waffle and just try and stick to the point an awful lot better than I do most normal weeks. Last week's episode was the first, of course, and went off totally full of glitches and hitches. Thank you to Black CFM for the tip-off with the audio issues after about four minutes. do apologise for that, but it is a bit of, I suppose, a learning process. And the fact that I had recorded all full 17, 18 minutes of that podcast and only four of them seemed to end up on nine uh, has left me a little bit puzzled. But nonetheless, hopefully this week we get back to being a little bit more professional i suppose and get the message across without as many glitches and hitches along the way again these episodes coming for you from various locations all across ireland as we try to enjoy some sort of freedom this summer our phase four has been postponed been put back to august 10th so not exactly the best news but here nonetheless i am in the back of my car parked in the car park underneath a tesco extra with that four euro meal deal so let's get to it before this meal deal you know gets eaten by somebody else here that's not me so this week we're going to do something a lot different something i haven't really touched on before and that's kind of looking at other sports now something that has interested me a lot in the past has been a huge range of point to see shows and documentaries on sports across the world whether it's the All or Nothing series is on um, Amazon, the Hard Knocks NFL series, the Sunday Until I Die, of course, on Netflix, and then the most recently, the most notable relate the one that people could not stop talking about during the lockdown, and that was The Last Dance as well on Netflix. And I suppose that gave us a great insight into the world of professional sports, into something we all have a big interest in, and especially for some people who whether they have a casual interest in basketball, none are avid fans. I suppose it was a series of documentaries that spoke out to many people. And, you know, when they say travelling broadens the mind, I feel the same can be said with other sports, broadening the mind, especially when you come back to the one that has that grip around your part, that home sport, that sport that, you know, is your one. And for many of us, I suppose, here, if you're listening to this podcast especially it'd be football it'd be soccer that would be that sport now the other thing i want to focus on in particular in this um, episode is more on the coaching aspect the managing aspect on those actual series those other sports so while some coaches can inspire a generation steve kerr may be a name familiar to many from the last dance series after a 15 year career in the nba as a player time taken out as a tv and then as a general manager the then rookie head coach was handed the reins at the golden state warriors he became the first coach to bring a championship to the warriors since 1975 almost 40 years between championships and since that first championship his golden state warriors side have captivated setting nba records winning fans over for their stylish play and of course that uh, hot shot shooter Steph Curry. Now, of course, I have done a little bit of reading, a little bit of extra research, so the links to these are, will be found down below if that's what you want to go and have a look at. 
But the one I would suggest most is the Total Football Analysis article, because that is where I suppose the inspiration for this podcast came from. That's where I kind of leaned heavily on from garnering some of the research. But there are many different ways that we can learn from others. I'm provided with many opportunities in life to constantly embark on this journey of learning. For many, that's FM blogs, it's podcasts, it's YouTube and Twitch. For others, like coaches and experts in the know, they might give to professionals the edge, though. I know many of those coaches and expert voices could also apply to us. And we often look to them for inspiration. Now, interestingly enough, 55.6% of voters on my poll this week said that they haven't looked at any other sport for influence. But nonetheless, there have been like that 44% who have. Maybe it could be an area that you could look at to get, get some inspiration as you head into the latter kind of li- end of the lifespan of FM20 and I suppose if you are planning some adventure in FM21. Black Sea FM of course, save your last week and this week providing some useful tips with Ian Botham's book on 100 cricketing, cricketing characters. Provides an interesting examples of cross-sport learning. Charlie Tango, FM, in general, when picking a formation and tactical approach at the start of a season. I'm often thinking about Martin Brundle, weirdly. In an F1 race, featuring wet or interchangeable conditions, he's always bangs on about being on the right tyre at the right time, then plays into picking a tactical approach that suits the players rather than I want. Which is why my tactics differ quite a lot from team to team, or even from season to season. Horses for courses. It's an interesting train of thought nonetheless. But F1 has thought where F, sorry, F, where F1 has less players per team with two drivers. But a lot more staff who work together, especially on a race weekend. Replacing a weak link in an F1 staff could be like replacing a weak link in football. Then of course cricket is an obvious example because it's statistically driven. And that's where when is my when FM is my life has also added that voice in the statistics that Moneyball already adopted by many in real life and in FM terms. So it seems that these other sports can be great sources of influence. And I suppose for many of us we come from countries where multiple sports are played. In Ireland, of course, have the Gaelic games, which you know are these large fifteen aside field sports that kind of cross between rugby and football, though hurling is a totally different animal altogether and for many more different examples as well like we've had cricket if you're in the united states you've got baseball you've got football you've got basketball you've got hockey there's lacrosse even as well we are for most of us we come from countries where we have so many experiences with different sports i really think that these innovations that these other sports have if you continue to keep following them that could be game changing in our sports like football soccer or even into our approaches as coaches and managers in Football Manager. Because these innovations in coaching can be translated across and allow coaches to innovate with these inspirations in their own unique way. For example, you think of tactical periodization, something we spoke about just a few weeks ago. That highlights a training structure to each week that many fans of soccer, students of the game, are beginning to become more and more adept and better at understanding. But even more interestingly, I suppose, is the fact that fans of the NFL could see a similar training approach each week. With a collective bargaining agreement that ensures players get one day off per week. 
So for coaches, that's a day that's an opportunity to plan and strategize before the intensity of the week peaks and troughs into game day. You see zonal approaches to defense in a multitude of sports, and these can be easily adapted and evolved to how we own, we coach and manage as well. Because these zonal approaches, these show how sports have evolved and mirrored one another over as time has progressed. In the NFL, Seattle Seahawks head and the head coach Pete Carroll in particular, they've even focused on techniques from other sports. So they want they're coaching their players at the moment to tackle without the use of the helmet. Techniques learned from rugby because, of course, with the CTE scandal and the fact that so many NFL, you know, it's 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 now an offence in an NFL game to tackle and lead with the helmet. The North coach players using the rugby technique is a great, I suppose, another very very easily adapted skill that many many coaches should follow and are following and then of course there's the statistical influence like we said from cricket and from baseball already that have taken over sports they've come from those more stationary sports sports where you know actions are more easy to determine and their value and they've adapted they've evolved into these statistical driven approaches we see in basketball in football and in so many more. The game is constantly changing. The games are constantly changing because of each other. And there's endless ways we can learn from others. But for me, watching Steve Kerr become a successful head coach has been really interesting. To see how his you know, tr- coaching trajectory has unfolded in a sport that has a fluidity level similar to what we see in football. To an extent, of course. Now the article, like I said, that inspired this episode has been the total football analysis piece on the similarities between football and basketball. And of course throughout the piece are some interesting and excellent examples of plays, of setups, movements that have been similarly executed and coached in both sports. So I would highly recommend checking it out again if you have before or for the first time if you haven't already. Because basketball has even inspired some of the greats. Pep Guardiola was known to have spoken on regular occasions with the coach of Bayern Munich's basketball side during his time at the club. Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors is a big soccer fan, as he said in his own words, saying that he watches Barcelona to improve himself, watching movements. If you want to get a bit more into the basketball side of things, check out Ben Taylor's YouTube channel and Coach Daniel. Because they have some great and interesting ways of movements, tactics and formations and such in basketball. And you could possibly kind of give you some light bulb moments as well if you're looking at football. But a focus on positional play and space is crucial in basketball. It's a man-orientated sport where, you know, the football that we traditionally know, it's more zonally approached as the game has evolved. In basketball, there's a lot of talk about players' gravity. That is the level at which players are attracted to different players in different areas of the court. So in similar ways you could say different areas of the pitch. For example, you might not be pressing a striker as intently in their own final third as you would be in your own final third. So what the gravity can be used as, it's a case of it's making the pressing player question himself or herself with your players in the wide central space and in the half space. So if you have a player on the outside and you have a player kind of darting on the inside, you're going to give the opposition player a question. Do I press the player with the ball who could be on the outside or on the inside? And if so, 
you know, am I opening myself up to being exploited on my inside, on my outside? Or it's a case of if I go and try and focus on one man, am I leaving space? Am I, if I sit in no man's land, am I being totally ineffective? You're asking questions and you're putting questions to players on the pitch that they may not be able to solve. The best teams have multiple players with high gravity and high gravity areas. So for example, players strong in central positions mean the opposition defence can often be compact. However, if you have an effective player who can move to the spaces out wide, so for, for us in football we have those traditional wide players, whether they're fullbacks or wingers, that can create space as the defence must become less compact to deal with these high gravity players. Therefore, creating space for the central player on the ball to dribble, create space wide, use the space wide, or use the space that's been created on that in kind of interior channel, the half space. Because strength down the flanks can attract an opposition's defence. Having attacking players in channels to receive possession and attack from the half space can cause issues for the opposition defence, especially when that player in the central space or the wide space continues to support as well. Decision making in the timing of the challenge and positioning are hallmarks of an excellent defender. So if you're looking to try and cope with teams that play this way, certainly look to those attributes when you're making your decision on whether a player will be successful or not at the level you need them to be. A pick and roll is, an, is a familiar strategy used in basketball and this creates a screen. So that's when a forward draws a defender of position, makes a second movement towards the goal basket and creating a space for the ball carrier to move unmarked into the created space. In a football sense, it's essentially creating a free man through numerical advantages and overloads. Inverted fullbacks and wingbacks could create these overloads in central areas when your team builds from the back. So it's a strategy that we've seen used in football. It's a strategy that we've seen used in basketball. And now the fact we have the ability to use inverted players across the pitch, suddenly we can create overloads in very, very dangerous positions. It's just up to you and your philosophy, whether that's a deeper position with fullbacks and wingbacks, or further up the pitch with inverted forwards and wingers. And a backdoor cut, another strategy, another movement that's used predominantly in basketball, but it's... Pep Guardiola has adapted to great success as well as Cristiano Ronaldo as well. A popular concept used by Guardiola, a backdoor cut is where a player makes a diagonal run from the wing behind the opposition defence and is picked out with a pass from the inside. Argentina, you often know players are going to make that move and with playmakers who are capable of producing moments like La Pausa. La Pausa. I'm not sure my pronunciation, apologies if I butchered it. But nonetheless, having those creative playmakers be able to pick out that pass of that diagonal run could be a very, very effective movement. And even on football manager we've seen of late, inverted fullbacks and wingbacks on some people's uh, Twitter feeds, the videos, the gift goals they put up, that's been, it shows that can be really, really effective way of making, of making a play, of causing an, your, the opposition a problem. Because with these backdoor cuts, overloads on the wing, so for example where a winger cuts inside and the central player cuts outside, you're suddenly creating a lot more problems for the opposition. As well with players making these movements and drifting in and out of positions and moving into channels. So for going back, I suppose, to focus now on Steve Kerr himself and his philosophies. You know, what do they work towards? Now the following could apply 
to your management style in football manager but also apply as well to us as football manager players because joy is the first one joy is what is the number one philosophy for Steve Kerr so it encourages morale to remain high team bonding sessions proven to be very important the use of humour which obviously we can't use in football manager but nonetheless not taking themselves too seriously taking themselves lightly and seeking enjoyment that's where it all begins mindfulness being aware of what's going around you while being locked in on every play so giving yourself that ultimate focus now for many that's not always possible when we play football manager especially for any fm daddies out there but nonetheless for us focusing on that play focusing on that moment and seeing what's happening and is what i want happening happening and if it's not how can i change it competition Having a drive and intensive pushes boundaries, elevates the player's game. Competition for places. Very, very simple way to see it there. Players that want to push themselves to the limit to train better and give, perform better, which obviously gives you a better chance in Football Manager. And especially when you can have the little chat. Players worried someone's been signed. They tell them, look, prove yourself. That's competition. It's healthy. And then comparison. Finding out and knowing what makes your players tick. Having a compassion between team members. So focusing on dynamics as well there. Because at the end of the day what Kara says. Is when players know that a leader is for them. And is absolutely dedicated to helping them get better. Trust goes up. Trust creates openness and vulnerability. Which in turn makes people more coachable. So where do I go from here? When professional sports players were younger, just like us, many would have been exposed to a multitude of other sports, had experience with the basics of these, and depending on their proficiency, adapt the skills and the lessons they've learned from those to make them into the players they've become. So as coaches and decision makers look elsewhere often for inspiration, the examples they set can change the game. VAR as we know now, Hawkeye to goal line technology. It's not even just in ways coaches can affect the game. It's also why these decision makers can change the game as well. But I'll give Steve Kerr the final word on the topic. An inspiration to all of us as FMers. Without talented players you won't win, he says. And you have to win for any of your philosophy to matter. I was lucky I inherited a team with untapped potential. It was a perfect storm for me. So just before you head off to find your inspiration, your perfect storm, why not leave a positive review? Or share on your socials with your followers if you've enjoyed this podcast. As lockdown restrictions have been exposed slightly plateaued, I've already said, and some are showing any true signs of resumption in Ireland, my time to record the podcast could continue to be curved, hopefully if we avoid a second wave and a second lockdown. Episodes may appear irregularly and be for shorter sessions as this one is, but my commitment to the podcast will continue. And your patience support over the past number of months has been greatly appreciated and going forward over the summer period as well. Check out the site, get in touch on Twitter where the links can be found down below in these episode notes. The weird community interactions perform a vital part of the podcast. They can often influence what I say. So get involved through voting on the polls, commenting, adding additional 
uh, little pieces you want to say. Send in your questions for me or whatever else takes your fancy. It could be a, a tip, could be a topic suggestion, you just name it. Some people have sent in some great ones. The music, of course, for this episode comes from Pond5. So if you're looking to make your own rival podcasts or you're looking for any other music, stock music, stock video footage, stock photographs even for your blogs, check out Pond5. Highly recommend it. You do have to pay for some things, but, you know, these things can often be worth it. But nonetheless, as things, you know, continue to, to roll on, the world is starting to... World of sports, especially, I suppose, is starting to show signs of normalcy returning. Signs of normalcy in performances, I suppose, for some as well. It's time, I suppose, for all to get out there and enjoy it. To continue acting in a safe manner, washing your hands, keep social distancing and wearing those face coverings. But keep safe, keep well. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again next week with the technical area. So until then, bye. 